They're not good enough to start. They're not even good enough to play. But they do talk a good game. So come join Lou and Jose from the sidelines where all the best sports discussions happen anyway. Welcome in to the Bench Warmers Podcast. Welcome into the program, everyone. I am Lou Ruggieri. That is Jose Ortiz. And this is Bench Warmers Podcast. Wherever, whenever, and however happen to listening, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day, week, month, year to spend it with us. We're going to try to make it worth your while. This is Season 2, Episode 50, our 100th show. We did it. We made it. And it's the end of Season 2, so we're going to do a little bit of a season wrap-up, maybe towards the end of the show, and just kind of look back on the year that was uh, sports and the bench warmers. Go back and listen to all of our previous shows if you'd like. iHeartRadio, Amazon, Odyssey, Anchor, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, at the Benchwarmers Podcast. Uh, please follow along. We need all the support we can get. So as uh, aforementioned, we're going to kind of touch on the season that was for our show. But before that, we have a couple things in the NFL world to get to. Uh, most notably, obviously, the draft. Um, I think by this point... Jose, I think we can agree that, you know, we're not breaking any news for the draft. So we're just going to kind of hit some highlights and talk a little, make it a little more personalized. You know, 49ers fan. I'm a Cowboy. I, I, I don't even like saying I'm a Cowboys fan. I was a Cowboys <laughs> fan. I kind of begrudgingly still sort of root for them. Like if they won, I'd be happy. But generally, I'm kind of just, I don't know. You're like a lapsed. You're a lapsed eh. Cowboys fan. I, it's just, it's my stubborn unwillingness to just let go of their team and just stop rooting for anybody. But. It also doesn't help that they haven't been good for, you know, 30 years, but that's fine. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but there is some there's some news uh, in the NFL and some of it, you know, relates to the draft sort of indirectly, some of it directly. Uh, but first and foremost, this is the most recent thing that just happened. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, a, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, I would say, he tested positive uh, for PEDs. Actually, this was a test that happened back in November. He will be suspended the first six games of uh, this upcoming season uh, as his, as a first-time offender. And, you know, this uh, this sort of always sparks a debate, I feel like. It's especially between us. I, I don't I don't care about PEDs. I think every they should all be on PEDs. I think it's just something that it's just part of the game. Like if if you had if you could take a pill and be a hundred times better at your job. And it might hurt your health a little bit. You're going to take the pill. I don't care what I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> so I don't I don't blame any of these guys. If I was a, if I was a superstar athlete, I would absolutely be trying to get every advantage I could. And it's funny. It's that DeAndre Hopkins. The first thing I thought of was I wonder if he was hanging out with Will Fuller, his former teammate <laughs> on the on the Texans, who was noticeably he's he's been absent pretty much every other game for performance enhanced for pet testing positive so it just kind of made me laugh that it took this long for DeAndre Hopkins but thoughts how do you feel what's your what's your what was your instant reaction to this when you heard that uh, DeAndre Hopkins was suspended I feel like I've come a little suspended. bit more a little closer to your side in, in the the year not I mean, I guess it, a rule's a rule, and, you know, I guess he broke the rule, and and, and it's going to be bad for his team to be without him for six games. We saw what happened last year where they didn't have them, uh, when they didn't have him to, uh, because of injury. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, I feel like I would do the same thing. Like, you know, he's been he's an older receiver. He's on a big-time contract. He's you know, battling injuries. He wants to get out there and help his team, and I feel like a lot of players are probably doing this, and 
just finding a way to not get caught or just getting lucky because it's it's a lot of pressure right if you you know like i'm you know i don't want to i'm not accusing anyone but you know let's say i'm raheem mostert right now right you know i'm I'm trying to hold on to my career everyone thinks i'm made of glass mm. maybe i you know maybe i try and do something to to keep myself healthy and to keep myself on the field deandre hopkins has been a great player i don't think this diminishes his diminishes him in any way i think this is just a guy trying to stay healthy and be on the field for his team yeah, I mean, it's just it's. I, I do wonder if the Cardinals kind of knew about because it did happen in November. So I mean, this has been yeah. in the works for a while. So I wonder if this had something to do with our next topic, where Hollywood Brown was traded from the Ravens to the Cardinals, and you have to kind of wonder that you know he's a former college teammate of of Kyler Murray's, so obviously that chemistry helps. But uh, you know, if they did know that DeAndre Hopkins was to be suspended, I guess it would make sense that they would be prioritizing wide receiver. And they did. They traded from the Ravens. They got uh, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown and the hundredth pick was tra- were traded for the to the Cardinals for what the twenty third pick, and then the Cardinals traded down, or no, the Ravens traded down from twenty three to twenty five with the Bills. Yeah, I got that right. And then the yep. Bills chose a center with that pick. So um, it's a little. Or no, uh, right? Did I get that right? I feel yeah, like no, I'm, you got it right. You got it right. Okay. You got it right. You got it right. I think it's very confusing. Yeah, I mean, well, Mar- Marquise Brown, he, he did he did request a trade uh, based on what what's come out afterwards. Uh, at the same time, it does feel like Marquise Brown. You and I had talked about this uh, extensively, really, in the last two seasons, where it felt like Marquise Brown either Marquise Brown wasn't a right fit, something was off with the connection between him. And Lamar Jackson at times it was very inconsistent. He would have big games, but then he would just disappear. And perhaps that's uh, indicative of not being a number one type receiver. Maybe maybe needing to be a number two. And the the Cardinals feel like, hey, maybe we can hold the fort for six games, let D Hop come back, and then we get a shot at, at having you know really dynamic wide receiver group. I think we're gonna see this. It, you, you saw the Ravens drafted uh, Rashad Bateman in the first round last year. I think we're going to see this more often where teams are, if you don't have an absolute stud superstar wide receiver, rather than paying him, just get, you know, let him go, trade something, get get value for him, and either draft his replacement a year early or or draft his replacement that year or the next year. Because I, 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 Marquise Brown was, gonna, gonna get, was going to want to get paid, and I don't think the Ravens are going to do that, and they don't want to pick up his fifth-year option which the Cardinals subsequently did. And now he's going to be $13 million a year, which is not a ton in today's wide receiver market, but it's not nothing either. Yeah, I mean, and that I would assume also that that may or may not have something to do with Lamar Jackson, you know, yeah. his his impending contract coming up, which is going to cost the Ravens a pretty 70 penny. million a year, whatever yeah. it is, he's going to be 300 <laughs> million a year. And also, Mark <laughs> Andrews just got paid. Uh, so it oh, actually, I believe Mark, I'm not actually, I'm not 100% sure. I think Mark Andrews just got paid a big time contract last season, so you can't pay everyone. If I is. if I did if I did re-sign Hollywood Brown, I would pay him based on just catches and drops alone. Every time he caught the <laughs> ball, he would get a certain amount. Every time he dropped the ball, he would be deducted twice as much because he's just. He had a Do few you look games at him? Where, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. He just had a few games that were just. I mean, they were unbelievably not good as far as the amount of drops he had in single games. 
I mean, my my thought about this is like I I wonder if this moves the needle for you at all with uh, either team with the Ravens or with uh, the the Cardinals. Do, do the Ravens take a step back? Do the Cardinals take a step forward? You know, giving that assuming that DeAndre Hopkins come back in, in week six and or week seven and is is good to go. Yeah, I mean that was that's the caveat is that I think DeAndre Hop with DeAndre Hopkins this this trade looks pretty good. Um, at, you know, because Holly Brown um, is just not a number one receiver. He's not. The Ravens yeah. kept trying to make him one, and Mark Andrews was their number one receiver, and it wasn't particularly close. And again, like I just said, the you know the drops. I mean, you can't have uh, an inordinate amount of drops and be considered a, a real number one threat wide receiver. So, as a number two, you're getting le- you know less talented coverage. So theoretically, you should be a little better performance wise. But without DeAndre Hopkins, now we're kind of back to the same thing where. You know, I would hope that Kyler Murray has a little bit better chemistry. It just felt like him and Lamar Jackson were just kind of off, mm-hmm. just just a half step off, you know, both in, in either direction uh, almost every time I watch them play together. It's also that the Ravens have a they, – they need to – they have a running the football possession type of offense, and Mar- Marquise Brown is is a field stretcher, and that, that role just doesn't have – you're not going to have a big role in that offense as a field stretcher. They need a, cha- a person who's going to move the chains – um, and that wasn't Marquise Brown. No, not at all. And I think uh, it's, it's yeah, they are the Ravens are run first and run heavy. I did I did see a fun kind of a side note. I, I think I texted you this during the week. Yeah. Funny a funny fact. Um, Lamar Jackson in it for career has almost a thousand more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley does for his career so far. Just made me laugh. It's like wow, that's I don't know if that says more about Lamar Jackson or more about Saquon Barkley, but. Well, <laughs> Lamar Jackson's a tremendous athlete, but Saquon Barkley just hasn't been able to stay on the field. So I bet a lot of <laughs> he doesn't have that many rushing yards to have been in the NFL for four years already. Yeah. And I think you're right. Uh, the wide receivers, you either sign somebody who's who's done it or you just kind of go in for a rookie and start over. And that's exactly what the Eagles did in probably the biggest trade of, of draft day where they traded from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they got A.J. Brown. Uh, for the 18th and 101st overall pick. And this, I mean, they then, the Eagles then signed him to a four-year, $100 million contract that included $57 million guaranteed. Uh, A.J. Brown is 24, by the way, which is I, it's crazy that he's as good as he is and he's that young. So uh, this was, I mean, I was shocked by this. And to me, the first thing I thought about was that this this could be kind of the end of the Titans' run. I mean, this, you know, that's, I know they still have Derrick Henry, but, you know, Julio Jones was a bust last year and Derrick Henry got hurt and then they had A.J. Brown. And really, you know, Ryan Tannehill is his entire performance is predicated on having Derrick Henry healthy and having a very good wide receiver to kind of break up the play action with. And now he he may have Derrick Henry back and now he's lost his his passing threat. So it just this felt like a huge it, it felt like it hurt the Titans more than it helped the Eagles. It's actually interesting you look at it that way because I, I feel like you're usually a proponent of of the 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 teams kind of maybe not paying exorbitant amounts to the uh, to the wide receivers. I, I look at this. AJ Brown had a thousand yard, a thousand fifty one yards as a rookie, a thousand seventy five yards in his second year, and eight hundred sixty nine yards in his third year. I'm not saying that those aren't great numbers, but that's not that's you know. Like, this is not. I don't think that's completely irreplaceable. I'm not saying that Traylon Burks comes in and does that uh, the, with the person, you know, the person they drafted. And 
I, you know, I think we both thought whether whether AJ uh, whether AJ Brown was there or not, I didn't I didn't have high hopes for the Titans this season. I think last year was just I don't know. I just can't give him credit for it. I just think it was a lot of luck, a lot of just things bouncing the right way, and they weren't really as good as it seemed. Whether their their record showed, but they drafted. Traylon Burks to, repay, to replace him, so they don't have to pay him for another four or five years. Yep. They Wide drafted from Arkansas. Yep, yeah. yep. Yep. They drafted Malik Willis as the uh, the heir apparent at quarterback uh, in the third round. So they don't they can get rid of uh, Brian Tannehill this year anyway. I mean, let's face it: were the Titans winning the Super Bowl this year? Probably not. No. Were they going to the Super Bowl this year? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, and so, so you know, depends on how you define success as an organization. But to me, they aren't getting they aren't getting where they want to go. So you may as well just not pay AJ Brown, so that way you can, you know, perennially get to the second round of the playoffs. But in that vein, then why not trade Derrick Henry while he still has That's, some miles? I would left? trade. I I would trade him absolutely. I I would trade him. I don't know how much you could get for him. Like I, I I'm sure the why, Ravens why do we, pay a pretty penny for it. I don't know why uh, running backs have been so devalued. It, it's it's crazy. Like you just look at the draft where running backs are going. Mm-hmm. Running backs have been incredibly devalued. He's coming off of an injury as well. I'm not 100 percent sure what you get for Derrick Henry at this point, given his contract. I, I I'm not saying he's not worth it. I know he's great. I I would love to have Derrick Henry on the 49ers, but oh yeah. I just don't. I don't know what the trade market holds. You, you don't really see these running backs get traded like that. And so it just feels like running backs been devalued in the NFL. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I think, you know, A.J. Brown, just at, the thing that I was going to say is that he put up those those yardage numbers with Ryan Tannehill throwing to him. So on Ryan a team Tannehill that was, probably got top 15. But like, what quarterback are you getting that's better than Ryan Tannehill just right out of the gate? No, I'm saying the quarterback that's throwing oh. to AJ Brown. The, 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 he put up AJ Brown was able to put up those numbers with a mm-hmm. a sub par quarterback throwing to him, and a team that is run first, run second, sometimes run third, and yeah. then eventually pass. So I, it's that's you know, true. I think the, volume. The, the eye test. I think he passed way Absolutely. more than just the the numbers he put up because it was. I think his options were limited as far as how much he could do. And now he's on a run for his team again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was going to say is I think Jalen Hurts. I mean, I've been a Jalen Hurts fan, you know, since since Alabama, you know, when he and then he went to Oklahoma. He did. He did really well. And then he just but I haven't seen the maturation yet. And maybe that's, you know, and the the Eagles have been going in on wide receiver. I mean, they got Devontae Smith last year. They got Jalen Rager, what, uh, two years ago with that. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting now they're getting AJ Brown. So I mean, it's kind of getting to the point where it's almost like a Tua Tagovailoa situation, where it's like, all right, Jalen, here's everything you could possibly need to succeed. Do or die. This is it, you know. And so there's no more excuses. And so it's, I just I just don't know if they're going to be able to capitalize and, and make the most of the talent that's on that team with with Jalen Hurts play having him play the way that he's been playing. Well, and that's why that's why you give it to him. Uh, give him another weapon this year. Uh, I think they also. Uh, I think uh, actually they have Dallas Goddard as well. So they they didn't draft him on the time. They have Dallas Goddard, and you just see what you can do. Uh, they have a Kenneth Gainwell and and Miles Sand. Uh, not Miles Sanders. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, Miles yeah, Sanders, Sanders in the back. Miles Sanders in the back uh, backfield, and you give him a year and and see what you can do, and then you go into next season 
like, hey, this is our guy or this isn't our guy. The point I was trying to make about Ryan Hanahill, just really quickly, is just I, he is an average to below average quarterback. But as we saw in the draft this year, where basically no quarterbacks were taken mm. at all, yep. it's hard to find a quarterback that even equals Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I mean, someone will someone will eventually emerge as yeah. kind of like a Russell Wilson or a Dak Prescott. We go, oh, how did everybody miss on this mm-hmm. guy? You know. Yep. But I mean, you can't. I mean, the, the reason that those guys emerge like that is because everyone kind of passes over them and doesn't see the talent at the time, or it takes some time to develop that kind of talent. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of talent, we can just, I mean, the draft is done. I mean, most people know who, what their team got. So I just wanted to kind of get your overall impression of how your 49ers did. I can tell you a little about what I thought my Cowboys did. And then any, just any one thing that stood out other than the Niners or the Cowboys that stood out to you as either a good move or a bad move in terms of drafting. So uh, I'm looking at the 49ers and they, they did, address the defensive line and offensive line often in their draft. They didn't have a ton of draft picks because of trades they had made uh, in the previous season. So I was happy with that. I was a little, it was a little puzzling to me that they drafted a wide receiver and a running back in the third round. I I just felt when I was thinking about the needs that they had on the team, I mean, I guess the whole Devo Samuel situation looming, I suppose you have to add a wide receiver, but I don't know. It just felt like a high draft spot to add those two positions. Uh, but I, at the same time, I like, so my overall feeling on the 49ers is just the blah feeling. Like I don't really know one way or the other, how I feel. I have to see how it plays out. There weren't really any players that I was like, wow, I'm so happy we got them. But there weren't other than I, with, what I mentioned with the running back and wide receiver, there wasn't a, a bunch of head scratchers. Uh, and as far as a team that stood out to me was the New York jets. Uh, you bring in Garrett Wilson with a high draft pick to pair with Elijah Moore at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Then you draft Brees Hall at the running back position to pair with Michael Carter from last year who showed some flashes. This is what you do when you have a young quarterback. This is what you do when you're trying to build a team. You know, They draft Zach Wilson last year. They, they add to their offensive line. They add to the wide receiver position. They add to the running back position. I'm wondering why the Jaguars didn't do that for Trevor Lawrence this offseason or yep. this draft. But that's that's just that's who stood out to me. Just the Jets. I I'm impressed with them just going all in on on who they drafted and trying to put a team to succeed. That's all you can do. Yeah, uh the Cowboys, uh I'm not sure. I think the first round I'm not I was not thrilled with. It's it's it was funny to me. I kind of chuckled because I always see dumb little things, but uh, they drafted another offensive tackle whose initials are T. Smith. <laughs> they have Tyron Smith, who is maybe one of the best left tackles uh, in history. And they drafted a guy named Tyler Smith, 24th overall from Tulsa, who's an offensive tackle. I think they did better sort of later on in the other rounds. Um, you know, they got defensive end Sam Williams, and then they got Jalen Tolbert, was a wide receiver out of South Alabama. And mostly, I mean, they kind of just a lot, a lot of defense – Mostly defense. I think really they only drafted a, a wide receiver and a tight end as far as uh, true offensive talent. Um, everything else was either line or defense. So I think they got better as they went along. The first round was kind of just a blah, whatever. The two things that stood out to me, and I'll make them quick because I said one, but I, there's two that stood out. One was very quickly the Saints kind of had me scratching my head a little bit because overall, if you did, if you did the math, they ended up giving up 
a total of five draft picks for one wide receiver, Chris Olave. And I, I mean, I get it. You know, the whole Michael Thomas situation, they really don't have a, a one number one wide receiver to speak of. And so they're kind of putting all their eggs in one basket. And if Olave is not like the next Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, I mean, that's that's a steep, steep, steep price to pay for somebody that could end up being like Jalen Rager. You know, I, I don't know. It's just and then the other thing, the only other one speaking wide receivers in the draft, the Green Bay Packers just yeah. just had me laughing. Everybody, every draft expert in the world, Green Bay Packers have to take a wide receiver at the 22nd and 28th pick. They have to take they have to they have to have to didn't do it. They took well, a linebacker and, and defensive tackle. And then the first, but they did take a wide receiver in the third round, Christian yeah. Watson from North Dakota State, which whatever, I, but it just made me laugh. I mean, in fairness, all the wide receivers were taken by the time it got to the Packers. I mean, they could have, all they had, they would have had to trade up because you saw that incredible wide receiver run. Like, yeah. It was Olave, Garrett Wilson, J- uh, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, like uh, Jahan Dotson, Drake London. They're all gone basically by pick 17. And yeah. so all the wide receivers who had first round grades had been taken at that point. I, I don't really, I think the only, I, it's like, I kind of had the same thought about the Packers. Just, I don't know what you do other than trade up to get the guy. And But I feel like yeah. as you have two first round picks. So like, I, I don't know, give up, give up the, you know, the 28th pick and the, and the 34th pick overall and move up to whatever, you know, or whatever you can do. I mean, there's gotta be something you can do. Because that is the biggest need that they have. They have a, Al, yeah. Alan Lazard is their number one wide receiver right now. So, or I'm well, sorry, maybe, Sam, maybe Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, Sammy no, no, Watkins. Definitely Alan Lazard. It's definitely Alan Lazard. Well, Sammy Watkins <laughs> will be the number one wide receiver for two weeks, and then he'll get hurt, and then it'll be Alan Lazard again. Yeah, I, I, I get it, and I don't, I don't really know how these, you know, there's like trade points or whatever. You, you, this draft pick is worth this many points, and all this. I, I don't really know how willing people were trying to, how willing, let's say the the Falcons would have been to not draft Drake London or how willing the, the, the uh, Washington commanders were willing to not trade, trade a uh, Jahan Dotson or one of these other wide receivers. I, I I'm, I'm just not sure if the opportunity was there. Yeah. Uh, then, I mean, but I will, I will say they did. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I've read a lot of good things about Christian Watson and perhaps it's the opposite thing, right? We've seen these teams with subpar quarterbacks, go out and draft really good wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. The Falcons don't have a quarterback. The the I mean, I guess you could say that Carson wins on the commanders, but the commanders don't really have a quarterback. All these teams that were taking high wide receivers don't really have a quarterback. And then you look at the Chiefs and the uh, and the Packers who have great quarterbacks and say, oh, we can take a third round quarter. We can take a third wide round wide receiver or a second round wide receiver and uh, get it done. But maybe it's just the opposite approach that in that in that situation. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, I assume that they would try. They would have tried. So, yeah, uh, I guess I'll have to give them credit for being a little better at this than we are. So it is their careers after all. <laughs> all right. So we're going to take a break and come back. And um, yeah, this is the end of season two. So we're going to do a little recap and just kind of review how we did and maybe what we're looking forward to uh, next season. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is the Bench Warmers podcast. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers podcast. Follow along with us on the Benchwarmers podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Benchwarmers podcast, where being all talk is actually a good thing. Now back to the action or talk, I guess. 
Welcome back to the program, everyone. Already in progress, this is the Bench Warmers. I'm Lou Ruggieri. That's Jose Ortiz. This is Season 2, Episode Number 50. This is our 100th show, the century mark. This is the end of Season 2. And we're going we're gonna to take some time off after this to kind of regroup and kind of figure out what we did right, what we did wrong in this last year, and hopefully improve for next season. I mean, that's the goal. So keep listening. And you can go back and listen to all of our previous shows if you miss us while we're gone. iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, wherever you're listening to us now, just go back there and you can scroll through all of our prior shows because they're all available. And so we just got done talking a little draft talk. You know, we're a little late, late to the party, so we didn't go too deep because we're not draft experts. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting uh, tested positive for PEDs. He suspended six games. Hollywood Brown and the A.J. Brown trade trades and their kind of systemic effects on all the teams involved there. But now, uh, Jose, this is, I mean, this is kind of a wrap-up segment. I mean, you know, this isn't really scripted out. We don't really have too much to go on, but... You know, I just wanted to kind of talk about the year that was in our show. I think we there's some highlights and things that are noteworthy. We kind of shifted away from trying to be a, a totality sport-related show to kind of just focusing on football almost, I mean, exclusively. Uh, not almost, but exclusively. Um, and I think it's it's been for the better. We kind of shortened up our shows. You know, we used to have these long kind of two-hour shows that were, uh, I mean, they were fun, but, you know, they were very, very research intensive and time intensive and we're both very busy people so we kind of just tried to tighten it up and go for the quality over quantity so i think that's something that's been noteworthy um for you know the year coming up well i'll i'll get to that in a second i think you know you're as far as my favorite thing we've done this year i think this is the same thing every year which is starting to lead me to believe that maybe we should do it more our the most recent thing we just did was the uh our bracket our bracket challenge where we pitted all of the uh, candies in the candy store. It was king of the candy store bracket. And, you know, we just got a lot of feedback, a lot of interaction with listeners and it caused, it sparked a lot of intense debates, you know, on and off the air. So I think that was the most fun thing we've done. And it's starting to make me think maybe we should do it a little more than just once a year. So, yeah, definitely more than once per year. Uh, absolutely. We're actually already, I'm, the wheels are already turning in my brain about what what we can do and what you know what what we can bring to the people as far as another bracket. Yeah, I, I would say my my favorite. Yeah, uh, you know, the bracket's always great. I actually really enjoyed the ranking shows that we did uh, early in the off season last year uh, in mm. this past, uh, where we were we had a, a ranked. I think we ranked our top twenty teams. Uh, we we ranked our top ten running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks. Yep. And we did it to kind of hold ourselves accountable. We we revisited them uh, during a midway during through the season. And I think again at the end of the, of the NFL season, and yeah, you're spot on. It was about kind of tightening things up. Uh, we were just going so long uh, with the, the the recordings that we just had to focus on football. And it's also just it's so hard, you know, behind the scenes. It's just us too. It's so yeah. hard to watch everything and know everything that's going on. It's just it's not only hard; it's impossible. And I think that that was one of the the reasons why we was like, hey, let's let's just focus on football. That's what we're watching. That's what we're putting so much time into and honestly that's the most popular sport in the country yeah. so it is what i'm looking forward to our our, our rankings uh when they come out this, this this year yeah and it's and it's nice i think the one thing that we do do that is you know missing from a lot of other shows like this is we'll go back and actually tell you where we were wrong yeah. <laughs> there's a lot a lot Imagine of pundits that. a lot of talking heads that kind of just you know they'll just sort of casually gloss over the fact that they were they whiffed horrifically on any sort of uh 
you know, any rankings that they had. And uh, we try not to do that. We kind of hold each other accountable, hold ourselves accountable, and we'll admit when we're wrong, which is a rare trait in this business. Uh, so yeah, I mean, moving forward next year, I think, you know, one of my goals is to kind of have us do a video podcast. I think video is going to add a nice dynamic. You know, I think there's there's a lot of tricks to it. I think it's going to be a little more difficult. Um, but I think we can try to try to start expanding on that and see how we can make that into a little more interactive show, I think is is one of the goals I have. So and to do more brackets. Yeah, more brackets. <laughs> I'd love to just, I'd love to, uh, I mean, I guess this is just what would go with everything. I always just think about kind of going to the next level. I'd love to get to build our subscriptions and, and get more people involved in our content. Uh, the, the, the fans out there and the listeners have a lot of ideas and a lot of, and I'd love to find a way to interact with them more. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So yeah, uh, we're going to try to put all this into effect. We're going to take a couple weeks and sort of brainstorm and kind of map out a lot of this, these things that we're talking about right now so we can put them into effect for you uh, starting in episode uh, number one of season three, which will be in a little bit. So yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, for Jose Ortiz, I'm Lou Ruggieri, and we'll see you next season. Bye-bye.